This podcast was recorded on Darug and Gadigal lands. Sovereignty was never ceded. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. He's the man in a beautiful caftan who will sweep you away to the Grecian Isles. Oh, and he was once held hostage by Hezbollah. Who is he? Find out next on One Dollar Vinyl. Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. This is the podcast where two millennial cheapskates discover the forgotten music of the past, building our record collections one record at a time, only from the cheapest stuff that we can find that everyone else has forgotten about. My name is Tess and joining me as always is my co-host Kat. Kat, hello, how are you? Hello, I'm good. It has been a long time. Longer than we thought it would be. (laughs) Yes, we promised that we wouldn't have a long break. We we swore that it was uh-huh. only going to be a few weeks and we lied. We did. We did. <laughs> we were we were both struck down by illness and yeah. also life. Yes, uh, life certainly happened. We moved again because that's my new hobby now is is moving house <laughs> with two small children. It's just the best fun I can imagine now. Yeah, absolutely. Low stress, high fun. Yeah. You know, it seems like something that everyone should should take up. Oh, yeah. It's it's really like keeps you on your toes. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we won't have to do that again for a while. <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed. And if we do, I'm just burning the lot down. I'm just, I'm going to take a backpack of stuff and leave everything else behind. That's anyway. a life hack. I don't know why more <laughs> people don't do that. Just burn like... it to the ground. <laughs> life hacks. <laughs> and how have you been? Uh, yeah, well, uh not for a bit. I was a bit sick for a bit, but uh, now I'm good. Yeah, we both managed to catch the spicy cough. Spicy cough. But thankfully, we're both fine and ready yes. to get back into it. And uh, Well, we celebrated being well at the same time by hanging out last weekend and watching Eurovision. Yeah, we did. Do you, are you, do you watch Eurovision, like, yearly? Is uh, it something you usually engage in? No, I've only caught bits and pieces and just... Um, like whenever there's something quite uh, that that the internet gets taken by, I'll sure. just like watch that and be in with the zeitgeist. And but this yeah, is, this I've was only really most... started paying much attention to it in the last few years. So does that mean that you've got other things to compare it to? Because I got to say, I wasn't like super duper impressed. It was a bit boring this year. Yeah, that's um, why little I can't remember whether she's Captain or Tennille, but one of them. Your oh, Captain, yeah, my like four-year-old Captain, sick. yeah, yeah. She was very much looking forward to it. So she watched it last year for the first time as a three-year-old, I guess she would have been, and fell in love. I saw the stars just twinkling around her <laughs> eyes as she was watching all this amazing, cheesy, like high production values, beautiful sequined and sparkly dresses, exciting cheesy Europop Um she absolutely loved it. She stayed up, which, you know, she tried very hard to stay up late again this year to watch it. And it was just one dreary ballad after another, wasn't it? Yes. Wasn't like prime four-year-old, like, viewing pleasure. No. And like minimal dressing. And uh, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't the Eurovision that we particularly wanted this year. Mm. But I was pretty happy with the winners. Oh, who won? I actually didn't even see. Um, Ukraine. So I don't know if Ukraine was on. Oh, that's quite top. The night that we watched it together. No, but, yeah, well, look, we I kind of we lost interest too. We started playing board games. We did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they were the favourites to win for you know obvious political reasons. They were called the Kalush. Everybody. 
Lelouch Orchestra. But they were great. And I fell in love last year with last year's Ukraine entrant. Oh. Um, they're called Go A. And they did a electro folk kind of de- like techno. I don't know how oh, to like classify techno. Like, of properly. course, the marriage of two very, <laughs> yeah. very like uh, styles of music. Well, let me put it this way it's very much something you would hear at a rave. Uh huh. But the lyrics were all about kind of like the seasons and harvesting the field. And oh. <laughs> it was just this incredibly <laughs> fantastic, like kind of very moody sounding. Um, Farmers of the future. And so I have been, of all things, on a like a Easter Eastern European uh, electro journey of discovery wow that is a niche your youtube algorithm must be <laughs> yeah. it's intense. like that and then four-year-olds music <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but yeah so i've i've just got so that that band was called go i don't know how to pronounce it but it's go uh or go a like g-o underscore a oh like the letter a yes the letter a and their mm. and their song was called shum and um, I've also been listening to a Siberian band called mm-hmm. Otiken, mm-hmm. and they're also incredible. We're going to link these in the show notes if anyone's mm-hmm. like super into Eastern European <laughs> electro folk. Perhaps yeah, you look- can even suggest a few others I can listen to. But Otiken, <laughs> they are they, so they have like all these like very primal drums, like you know goatskin kind of drums, and then all this like th- uh, throat singing. Oh, okay. You know that really basic <laughs> droney? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm currently throat singing. Yes, thank you. That was very good. This is this conversation has made me a tiny, tiny, little bit sad that you're like married and off the market because I would kind of love to be a fly on a wall of a first date where the guy, where the person goes, so what kind of music are you into? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, <Yeah. laughs> buckle up. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I've nailed someone down to just listen to my bullshit. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, you would not get a second date. <laughs> so thank goodness. Well, I think it's quite timely that we have watched Eurovision Vision so recently because I do think that our record of today, the guy could be a very good Eurovision contestant. Yes, I think this is prime Eurovision uh, material, isn't it? Yeah. Um, today we have the fantastic and legendary Demis Roussos and the album is called Forever and Ever. Where did you get it, Tess? So this came from a salvos at Penrith in Sydney's West. And what did it cost? A dollar. Oh, I love it when that happens. Uh, perfect but price. what is it worth on Discogs? So it's averaging out at about $10. Ooh. 
if you want to buy it off someone on eBay. Um, if if you wanted to listen to it online, could you? Um, no, you can't actually. Oh. It's this. You can find individual songs on YouTube, um, but this particular album you can't. So it's not on streaming services. Not, not on, on streaming, Spotify no, or whatever. No. Ah. So yeah, a little yeah. bit of rarity here. Yeah. Um, shall we have a look at the front cover, Cat? Ah, uh, let's. So what we have here. It's a portrait of Demis. He is um, looking a bit like a hairy cowboy. A hairy he- cowboy. <laughs> I reckon. I reckon what he's wearing is an urban sombrero and a poncho <laughs> that's made out of an IKEA rug. Yes, yes, uh, urban sombrero. Yeah, it's like yeah. Um, a straw woven sombrero, sombrero slash sort of cowboy. You know hat and he is a very beardy hairy guy he's got long black hair a big black bushy beard big black bushy eyebrows his coat or whatever he's wearing on his shoulders is it kind of like has the illusion of just being a continuation oh, of his yeah. hair because it's it's some sort of fur coat. <laughs> so, oh my God. Imagine if he could like just like plait his beard hair into he's the- woven himself <laughs> a beard coat um, and so the overall impression is just extremely hair. He's more hair than man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and I say this with no disrespect. I'm a I am a hair suit woman, and I come from a very hairy family. So yeah, you're no just disrespect calling it like to it is, hairy people. Yeah. <laughs> he just he's just the overall impression is very yeah. hairy. Um, and he is still staring off into the middle distance. There's a bright blue, uh, Grecian sky behind him. Let's say. Mm. And um, he's sort of, yeah, the way he's like squinting off into the distance, it feels very like Clint Eastwood, which is a part of another reason why I was thinking. Clint Eastwood. Well, that's a, that's a nice cowboy. Way. That's a nice way yeah. of putting it. I reckon he looks like he's just remembered he's left the iron on at home. Yeah, I also <laughs> thought it, it definitely looks like someone's, he's just smelled a fart. Oh, <laughs> Someone's dropped their guts. He, look, <laughs> he looks very unimpressed. Like there's a, a look of, let's say, consternation. Yeah, let's. That's a good word. Mm. Although I did um, look at a bunch of other photos of him and it's just his face. Like he's not putting on any kind of like, yes, you know, anything for the camera. Like he's just got this resting, pensively disappointed face. <laughs> he does. Well, let's call it soulful. Oh, yeah. Oh, look, you're always so generous. I'm so, <laughs> I'm, I should be more generous with my descriptions. Sorry, and, it's, and it's the way I also love, like, the way you, when you see videos of him performing, um, if there's ever a musical interlude or something, hmm. he doesn't sort of dance or, like, he just stands there sort of power posing and staring off into the distance <laughs> in this exact way. <laughs> It's really slightly great. concerned. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, to add to the to the cowboy kind of look, is he's wearing a necklace, which is made out of, I guess, crocodile teeth or teeth shark's teeth or of something. some sort. Yeah, yeah. a carnivore's um, teeth. Yeah. So it like like at first just struck me as um you know when you wear like a a sling of ammo, like, oh, Rambo, yeah, like Rambo style. Yeah. Yeah. But then I realized it was teeth. Yeah. Well, you know that would be like quite a gun. Firing off bullets of teeth. <laughs> teeth, teeth gun. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's the teeth of whatever animal the poncho is made of. Oh yeah, he shot the animal. Yeah, he's a manly. Knitted man. it into his beard somehow, the skin. Yes. And then he made a teeth gun. 
Yes. And he's going to go kill, I don't know, Eurovision. Anyway, he, um, <laughs> so we turn it over and it's got the, um, the songs are listed on the back. We've also got an address for his fan club, which I always find very charming. You oh, can write I to them, um, care of somewhere in France. And the musicians are listed on the back, which always gives me heart when, when you actually see mm. production credits on the back. <laughs> you know that it's going to be of a certain standard. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> when people want to be actually known for their work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, imagine a session musician like coming out of a, like, a shitty thing, just like, no, no, I'll be uncredited. It's all good. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> John Doe again. <laughs> And um, we've also got another little illustration of Demis, which is like a like a sort of pen and ink illustration of his face, which reminded me of like I don't know, like I went to a public school. I don't know what you know kind of school you went to, but all of our textbooks were at least twenty five years old. Oh yeah, and they all had those great like seventies illustrations in them, and um, it reminds me of that, like it, like something you'd see in a in a biology textbook or something. Oh yeah. Oh, I think they've really captured his like. What you? What did you kindly consternation? Yeah, yeah. This is this is um in the uh, visual dictionary under P for pensive <laughs> or S for just smelled a fart. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's the cover. Shall we have a quick little break? And when we come back, we'll have a listen to the record inside, and we'll see what this Demis Roussos is all about. Yeah. Let's do it. Would anybody mind if I turn this next track up? Because it's my favourite. It's forever and ever. And I'd like us all to hear it. Anybody mind? No. No? Right. Do you think he's sexy, Ange? Yes. It's a pity he's so fat. Yeah, but he doesn't sound it though, does he? When you hear him, no, it's funny. He's still fantastic though, isn't he? Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard a clip from a 1977 uh, televised play uh, by Mike Lee called Abigail's Party in which the characters talk a little bit about Demis Roussos and listen to one of his records in what looks like the most awkward party I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> oh, that looks like such an awful party to be a part of. <laughs> so basically, uh, I'm guessing she's Abigail. She puts on a record. I think the the plot is that they're neighbours who are sort of trying to make friends with each other. Mm. And she insists everyone listens to Demis Roussos and um, it goes down very badly. Yeah, she's got the hots for him. Yeah, she she reckons he's a bit of all right. Mm. Um that was named as one of the 100 great British television shows in a survey in 2000 by the British Film Institute. It came in at number 11. So 11. at the time, I think it was kind of like event TV. Oh. And I, it's, it's one of the first things you see when you research anything about Demis Roussos. It's in like every biography about him. Oh, I yeah. think it was pretty instrumental in... His popularity in England, I think it boosted his popularity oh, quite a lot. Yeah, because when did this um, record yeah, come out? 73, yeah. So four yes. years later, the thing was televised. Got a secondary bump. Yes, and uh, it's devoid of any context. It's a very weird scene to watch. <laughs> Look, I'm just going to like go out on a limb and say even with context, <laughs> I imagine... <laughs> 
Like, like just watching the show from beginning to end. Like, it's just all going to be super weird, right? I mean, any any theatre that gets um, <laughs> yeah. adapted to television, is it often has that like weird feeling of kind of dead air and it's not the same pace that you're used to seeing on television. Yeah. Um, it's usually, you know, one camera and... <laughs> yeah, never, never mind um, like 70s pacing as well compared to now. True, so true, yeah. yeah. Anyways, so that was a lot of British citizens' introduction to Demis. They also might have heard of him, Kat, when he was in his former band before he went solo um as and you'll never guess this if you listen to any of his contemporary music uh a prog rock band called Mm. aphrodite's child yeah i listened to a couple of those songs from that band aphrodite's child i kind of dig it yeah it's it's kind of really good yeah (laughs) um should we we'll play a little clip now of their song the four horsemen Oh yeah, it's very much like you can see the beginnings of his iconic mm, look. Um, he's got a tooth necklace. In a later scene, he's got one with a big uh, kind of Greek Orthodox looking crucifix. And he's got the same long, very flowing hair and huge beard. And um, significantly, everyone else in his band looks exactly the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, to be fair, it was the 70s. Beards yeah, were really right. in, as Hair far everywhere. as I can tell. Yeah. So Demis Roussos, he's known for his signature look. He's got the long hair, the big beard. Um, he's like a, you know, pretty um, big fat guy. He's, you know, he's a thick king cat. <laughs> <laughs> I was just calling you generous before. <laughs> he just came out big fat guy, big old fatty. He he's also known for his spectacular caftans. Yeah. Um, he wears, you know, big, beautiful, um, gold embroidered, amazing caftans. Mm. The effect um, is very like priestly. Would you say? Oh yeah, sure. Like it would have to be a very special occasion in the church for a priest to wear such a garment, <laughs> like super Christmas. It's super Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Like if yeah. Jesus came back, they've all they've all got like one in the back of the wardrobe that if Jesus comes yeah. back, that's what they're wearing. Yeah. That and the teeth necklaces. He basically, as a person, became a tourism advert for Greece. Um, I don't know if he was sort of being paid by the tourism board of Greece, but if he wasn't, he was getting ripped off. He's <laughs> Yeah, a lot of people were sort of buying his album for like holiday at home kind of vibes. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm. So Demis is, um, he's born in Egypt in 1946. He has a Greek father and an Egyptian and Italian mother. Um, they live amongst, uh, like a Greek um, community in Egypt. Yeah, his dad was a musician. He was a classical guitarist right. slash, slash engineer. You know, those two go hand in hand. Um, <laughs> and his mum was in an amateur the- theatrical Greek group when yeah, they so lived in per- Alexandria. Yeah, performing uh, background in his family, the mm. Roussos's. Um, at a young age, he becomes a soloist in the Greek Orthodox Choir in Alexandria, and he also takes up trumpet and guitar. Um, the family leaves Egypt 
Um, they immigrate to Athens in 1961 due to the uh, conflict and the unrest of the Suez Canal crisis. Yeah, I had never actually heard of this. I'm not a very good history student. And so oh, yeah, I really I know fuck all, but I yeah, did look into it. it I um, learned up. Yeah. He, so the, the Suez Canal is a man made canal in Egypt that, for you know various political reasons, wasn't owned by Egypt. It was owned by the Suez Company. Yeah, they like sold it when they were like coming into strife. And, and Egypt wanted to own it because they, you know, could see money in the tolls that the ships would have to pay going mm. through it. And there was a bit of a kerfuffle. Um, and <laughs> so the Russos is um, hightailed it out of there. He's living in Athens. He then forms Aphrodite's Child in 1967. So he plays bass in the band alongside Evangelos Papathisin. Oh my god, Papathanisisu, Papathanasu, Used. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, I'm sorry, everyone who's Greek. Um, <laughs> AKA, he's shortened his name um, for you know the very reason that like stupid English speakers can't pronounce it. To Vangelis, you might have heard of Vangelis. Um, he went on to be a film composer. He did the Blade Runner soundtrack. He won an Academy Award for the Chariots of Fire soundtrack, and he's also done the score for the Cosmos series with Carl Sagan. Cool. So this was so that guy was um, Demis's bandmate. Yes, in ah. Aphrodite's Child. Um, yeah. He also um, so he did keyboards, and they also had Lucas Sidaris on drums. The trio tried to get to London, which was, you know, the epicentre of music scene at the time, but they were turned back at Dover, um, meaning I guess they caught a boat across, due to visa issues. So yeah. they then decided to head for Paris and they started making their career in Paris. I wonder if there's like, you know, a sliding doors moment there. Imagine <laughs> if they did get in and – because Aphrodite's child, like, you know, I certainly think – it's they made good music. Like I wonder yeah. if they would have gotten huge, and then he never oh would have gotten God. a solo career. And we then we all would have been gotten like, forever and ever. Yeah, but we might have had an incredible Greek prog rock trio. Imagine that. But we might not never have got the soundtrack to Blade Runner. Oh yeah, you, let's you just, just leave that alternate. That's, that's fire you don't want to play with. Yeah, can of, can of worms you don't want to open. <laughs> Let's leave that alternate universe. But, you know, as we all know in Sliding Doors, she I think she dies either way, doesn't she? Or is she good either way? Oh, never oh. mind. I don't know. That might be a bit of wishful thinking on you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've totally just made that up. If 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 she never made it through that, um, that train door, we might never have had goop. Yeah. <laughs> They do eventually break up because of creative differences because mm. Vangelis wants to go into composing and, you know, he, he was always on that path, I think. Um, and he just really but... didn't, didn't appreciate the caftans. He's like, I've had enough. And Demis yes. is like, no, I want Demis more. Demis wanted to go commercial. Yeah, he, mm. he wanted to money and, and fame. Um, but they had a little moment. Apparently Salvador Dali was a fan. He um, was in attendance. That totally at, tracks. Yeah, one of the the album's launch parties. Mm. Um, there's another little interesting side note is on their album, there's a little note that says, this album was recorded under the influence of Salep, which was a tongue-in-cheek, you know, little reference. 
uh, because Salep is a sweet dessert milk drink made from ground orchid bowls. It's popular in Greece, Turkey, and Iran. And foreign audiences immediately thought they meant drugs or something else that was blasphemous. <laughs> Which I guess is fair because the album's called 666. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. It's a it's a concept album, Cat, about the apocalypse. Mm-hmm. And hence the four horsemen being one of the tracks. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it's something to do with like if the apocalypse was like a sort of circus sideshow at the same time. Cool. But they break up. They're, you know, not meant to be, I guess, as a band. Um, and Demis goes solo. He releases an album called Fire and Ice in 1972, which was quite big in Europe, but didn't make it big in Britain, which was what he was aiming for. Most of the songs were written in English. His his main songwriter is Lakid Flavianos, but he's also recorded songs in French, German, Spanish, and Japanese. Ooh, Japanese. That One of these things is not like the other. Forever following that money. <laughs> yeah. So this might be a good time to listen to the first track on Forever and Ever. Oh, yeah, let's dive right in. This is his his big number one hit. Um, This did reach number one in Britain. It is so wonderfully cheesy. Yeah. His voice is, like, really not what I expected to come out of his mouth, you know? It's not. Yeah, I agree. It's it's high, really high. It's and slightly. Um, sounds like he's about to cry. Yeah, it's very emotional. Yeah, but like emotion in a voice is one thing, but like being choked up is totally another. Yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> There's a lot of tremolo, like that shakiness, yeah. and and it's slightly sort of like when he gets really high, it's slightly thin. Like he's not. Um, yeah. You know, most cheesy crooners. They have deeper voices. It's it's not the voice that you'd sort of expect on a song like this, I think. Definitely not. Which is probably, you know probably what I was part expecting? of the reason of his appeal and popularity. I was expecting, um, like, Renato from Renee and Renato. Oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. From our yeah. first episode. <laughs> Just one cornetto. Yeah. I feel like I am on a cruise wearing my best caftan and giant sunglasses and I've just taken the good 70s drugs. <laughs> yeah, that um, sweet milk dessert thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like you said, the backup vocals, they're super dreamy and syrupy. Mm. There's a lot of reverb there. Um, I think perhaps maybe the key to its success is that it's very easy to dance lazily to. Oh, yeah, like swaying. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Everything about it reminds me of being on a cruise deck, I think. Um, I've never been on a cruise. Yeah, I was going to say, I imagine that it's like. <laughs> um, I have been on a cruise. It was, was the like Schoolies Cruise. Oh, so, so exactly like this then. This vibe was <laughs> not what was happening. Jesus, I can't imagine being stuck on a cruise with a bunch of Schoolies, even when I was on Schoolies. Yeah, I didn't have the best time. I went with three other people, three other girls, and the one who I didn't want to share it with, I had to share it with. And she just like kept on bringing random guys back and having sex while I was asleep. Oh, what a wonderful time. <laughs> yeah, Schoolies Cruise. That's why it no longer exists. Yeah, I, um, I was underage at Schoolies, so I just did a lot of, a lot of um, sneaking around and drinking on the beach. That's, that's better than what I went through, I think. So you've also got uh, the like, bossa nova beats and, and that sort of very steady bass line. I feel like it could be like a demo setting on a keyboard. <laughs> 
Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's like once step. again for the cruise vibe. I feel like this could be very um, much like you've just hit the demo on the keyboard and then you you know solo singing. <laughs> it's a it's a good cheap act. <laughs> but you've got you know on the production you've got these really lush and reverby strings. Um, you know like being lost in a fog of love cat. I think everything about it is just, there's so much reverb. Yeah, there's really only, like, Demis, one other girl and, uh, like, a rubber band, and they've just put so much re- reverb on it that it sounds like so much more. <laughs> um, but in the uh, in the bridge, you get some traditional br- uh, Greek instruments coming in. There's um, bazooki, and what I think is a santori, which is a hammered dulcimer. You can hear that kind of percussive... Um, really uh, tinniness of those instruments. Oh, right. Um, which Santorini I really like. I like. I thought Santori was no, a No, that's place. Santorini. Ah. <laughs> We're all on a learning uh, curve here. I'm an idiot. <laughs> I know, F all about Greece. Um, I actually contacted our um, cultural, uh, mutual friend, cultural Greek consultant, uh, Billy. Billy. I asked him because I was like, did your parents, listen, did your parents have this album in the oh, house? Yeah. And he kind of said, oh, you know, his mum's sort of like aware of it, but like it was sort of not that popular amongst Greek people. I think maybe it was oh, a bit sure. more like like us it was an export rather than like Australians and Foster's beer. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then he went on to tell me that he was considering buying a caftan. So <laughs> I really hope that oh, he does. Oh, <laughs> lean in, Billy, do it. So yeah, look, there's there's nothing complicated about the lyrics. They're very simple, a bit repetitive. The gist is, the Demis is going to love. Whoever is singing to forever and ever, uh, there's nothing complicated about it. It's mm. it's very sweet and simple. It's a song to play at the wedding of your first marriage. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like I said, this reached number one in the UK and a number of other countries. This was his big hit. He actually uh, sort of made it big in Britain eventually after appearing on the Nana Mascouri show. So Nana was already a big star, another Greek export. Um, and there was also a BBC documentary called The Roussos Phenomenon, which was released in 1976, which again boosted his popularity. Um, Damn, phenomenon. That's such a like strong word to describe. Yes. The album tops the international album charts in Germany, the Netherlands, Norway, and it was number two in Austria and number 11 here in Australia. Yeah, should we have a listen to the next song on this album? Yeah, let's listen to the next one. So this one's track number two. It's called My Friend the Wind. Bit nutty sounding. I feel like it sounds like it's from an 80s PC game. Oh, yeah, for sure. I I think the way that he's singing, that kind of note bending, um, it sounds very Greeky. I can't say that with authority. Um, But it sounds like he's being influenced by some Greek folk music throughout this song, I think. Well, yeah, that that does make sense to me. I also thought that he sounded a little bit like Michael Bolton. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. I can hear it. Yeah, I can't see it. (laughs) But, yeah, look, this this 
You can see the. Um, oh my god! Just stop. The Sorry, just stop taking. There. That little like <laughs> change. It's what I called the Zorba drop. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, like, yeah. Like took me by surprise. It was quite disarming. And he says a lot of a lot of Greek sounding words. I couldn't Google Translate uh, couldn't help me out with any of these words. I don't know if they're real words or if they're just kind of like Greek sounding. Like Greek sounding <laughs> mumbo jumbo. Something about uh, Hellenimu, Anathimu. Hun- yeah, something, it's like he's saying he's saying place names, but I couldn't find them on a, na- a map or anything. Yeah. I don't know. But anyway, you can tell that he's like he's going for like this is. A Greek cultural export. I am sharing Greece with the world. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, this absolutely. is, and we're also, we're currently watching a video of this on top pop of him um, just kind of mooning around some ruins and uh, cliff tops. He he was also like he was riding a wave of European music, um, making it big in English speaking countries, mm-hmm. um, including. Uh, the likes of Abba, oh, yeah. and to me, this the background vocals sound very Abba. I kind of like it. This, um, sorry, I forgot what you said, and I'm just thinking about some of the Greek parties that I've been to. Uh, my sister-in-law is Greek, and okay. yeah, and like whenever the party just like randomly goes into the Zorba dance, like it is quite fun. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, there's like for sure. There's there's. Not only the instruments in there, because there's Greek instruments mm. again, once again in there, but there's something about the, um, the rhythm and the um, melody that just sound very much like it's yeah, it's, it's taken straight from the page. Yeah, like it is time to Greek, get in a Greek circle. Greek folk music 101. Get in a circle, put your arms yeah. around the shoulders of your yep, partner, your neighbours, and just like go around and around and around and around. Kat, just on another side note, did you know that Demis has a place in the Guinness World Book of Records in 1975? He did. He had five albums in the UK top ten at the same time. What? He made up half of the top ten, like, of that time. Yeah, I guess yeah. so. That is one. That, that math checks out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ten um. divided by two <laughs> equals five. Um, and, you know, another not-so-fun oh. fact was that so... This is a bit later on in his life in 1985. Um, he sort of made it back into the news once again when he was on flight TWA 847 from Athens to Rome, which was hijacked. I read about this. How crazy. Yeah. Hijacked by Hezbollah terrorists. Um, it was flown to Beirut. It was held hostage for 17 days. Yes. Yeah. Um, Rissos got off a little bit sooner than that. They got off after five days with some other uh, Greek citizens. But, yeah, that was, like, you know, quite an ordeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw an interview of him talking about it and he was pretty prosaic about it. Like, he, you know, he was just like, well, I'm just, you know, happy that everything turned out okay. But what an ordeal. Yeah, far out. Yeah, I can't even imagine. Hey. But he, you know, despite that, continued to perform until his death in 2015. Yeah. So he was with us for quite a long time and performing for quite a long time. Mm. Yeah, he released a um a re-recorded version of this album, right, in 2002. So it's called Forever and Ever, The Definitive Collection. Um, in 2002, it reached number 17 on the UK Albums Chart, but his voice was described to have changed. 
So no longer the trilling vibrato, yeah. uh, but it had evolved into a husky and at times guttural whisper. Yeah, sure. I mean, like, that's natural for someone's voice to change over the course of, of their life. It would be weird if Yeah, it yeah, no, absolutely. Um, um, it's actually funny, though, because, so, yes, I know a little bit about this in my job as a speech pathologist. It's actually usually sure. the opposite. So presbyphonia, which is, like, age-related voice change, usually the voice gets higher and thinner. But for old Demis... Oh, yeah, of yeah, course. it's the opposite. Well, he started out pretty high and thin. And then it went low. Um, and he certainly had his critics, even when he was at his most famous. Um, one critic at The Sun likened him to a cross between Mickey Mouse and Moby Dick, <laughs> which just seems unnecessarily cruel. <laughs> what a horrible thing to oh say. My God. Moby Dick, like so, like a mouse and a whale. Um, but, you know, I, I'm a fan of his voice. Mm. I Like I said, I think it is pretty unique. It is unique, that's for sure. And it's like... Once you get past that idea of, like, what is it that I'm listening to? You, what like, he should sound like. Yeah, and we, yeah. Um, yeah, you're expecting Pavarotti and uh-huh. <laughs> and getting out comes Rod Stewart. <laughs> um, <laughs> like he must have great control. Like he's he's a very talented singer, you know, in that he has good control of his instrument. Sure, and his songs have a reasonable amount of range too. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's have a listen to another track. This is um, track number four. It's called Lay It Down. Okay, this song, totally different vibe. Like, the first time I heard, like, the album from front to back, I was just like, where did this come from? Yeah. It is sick. Um, I love it. It very much sounds like, I reckon it's come from his Aphrodite's child. Day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. He's, he's and there's at back. least two songs on the album that sounds very much like the old Demis. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds, to me, like it sounds like it's from either the hair musical or um, oh. Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can hear Especially that. Especially with the, the, the big chorus, the big vocal yeah. chorus. Um, I feel like everyone in this chorus is like wearing shawls and scarves and like big heart-shaped sunglasses, <laughs> lots yeah, of long strings sure. of beads and they're and all just, just like throwing their hands up in the air. Yeah. <laughs> but like synchronised air, you know, yeah. air <laughs> hand throwing. Yeah. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Um, I like the, the really staccato delivery of this uh, yeah. verse as well. It's sort of sh- sharp. Yeah, totally. And his voice sounds different. I actually reckon he sounds like Sting in this one. It's a bit stingy. Yeah. Stingish. Yeah, stingy. Um, you got the congas absolutely oh, going off. I was literally going to say that. The congas yeah. are like, how's the player still doing it after, you know, a minute? Like, how his hand's not stumped yet? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the lyrics are very vague. Um, you've got, it's full of that vague 70s slang, like lay it down, get on down. It's basically about how to impress girls. Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I thought it was just good old-fashioned advice for picking up chicks. Yeah, it's like basically don't be... Um, you got to like 
bring stuff to the table. You've got yeah, to lay yeah. it down. You've got to put down something real. Don't... You've got to be different. You can't just say the same thing as every other bone yeah. head in there. Every other so, cat so, out there. Yeah, my, my favourite is just like, no matter what you do, don't talk about the weather. Don't talk about the weather. Yeah. Girls don't want to know about the weather. Girls aren't interested. Yeah. <laughs> so right, you've got to right, get yeah, down to right. business and use any plot. Yeah, I don't right. know what that is, um, but, you know, uh, just lay oh. down a plot. <laughs> I think it's just like, you know, do anything. I think it's talking about recounting all the, all the uh, movies that you enjoy. Girls love that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> just in detail. <laughs> um, yeah, so look, he's, he's grooving out in this. I love it. Yeah, yeah, I love it too. Um, did that you... guitar solo in the, in the bridge, it's like distorted through some kind of filter. It's really good. Yeah, for sure. But like speaking of guitars, I just really like that like little riff, diddly diddly. Like, oh yeah, it's, yeah. It's really cool, just throughout. And this ba da ba buzz at the end, um, it reminds me of Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, like <gasps> I, Judy Blue Eyes or something. Oh my gosh, my note was this bit reminds me of something, but what is it? And that is what it is. Thank you, Tess. Yeah, I think it might be that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know who it really reminds me of, like in the the current. Uh, like musical scene, yes. King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh yeah, they're great. Played them, yeah. <laughs> um, and ever so slightly like maybe Tame Impala or Pond, which is like Tame Impala without Kevin Parker. Yeah, there's definitely a, a revival of that seventies. Like it feels like glam rock, I guess. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not so much of a prog rock. That's not like uh, what we heard before with the Four Horsemen. True. There's there's shades of it, but it's yeah, it is different totally. But, you know, whatever it is, it's like a shitload edgier than forever and ever. I think we can safely say that. Oh, my God. And that's the thing. Like, the last, like, couple of songs that we listened to, I was really struggling to stay awake. But this one has me, like, energized, up, like, ready to just get going and, uh, yeah. I guess, pick up a chick. Shit, <laughs> Not talk yeah. about the weather. Crocodile tooth necklace. <laughs> yeah. Let's take a little break and when we come back we'll wrap it up we'll tell you our conclusions to Demis Roussos's Forever and Ever and we'll decide whether it's going to make our record collection Welcome back to One Dollar Vinyl. You just heard a song or a track called Tales of the Future, which is on the Blade Runner soundtrack, which is produced and written by Vangelis, um, i.e. Demis Roussos's former Aphrodite's child bandmate. Uh, it features an uncredited performance by Demis Roussos. He is that ethereal, spooky-sounding voice He's singing, apparently it's a mixture of Arabic words and Egyptian dialects. Hmm. So he's he's speaking an Egyptian dialect of Arabic um, that he would have learned growing up in Egypt. Hmm. Yeah. He was also singing some gibberish, so, you know, oh. um, <laughs> and just, you know, sort of sound. Just like potentially uh, that other song, like that My Friend the Wind. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. <laughs> it's a um, there, Yeah, it's just sort of a, a vague, there was not like actual lyrics there. It was just kind of a vague mixture of sounds. 
Um, mm. He's not actually trying to portray any kind of story or meaning there. But yeah, yeah he did that for his old mate Vangelis, and yeah. um, that's quite what a cool. Sound. I think. Yeah, mm. yeah, I I really dig that the way that his voice sounds like against that music. I think it's perfect. Yes, and I think um, when you sort of consider that he was very middle-of-the-road mainstream, very, like, mm. easy-listening kind of stuff for him to, to do something like that is pretty interesting and cool. Yeah, for sure. So, Tess, have you got any, like, final thoughts or, like, what do you think of this album? Kat, I once heard Rod Stewart described as the biggest waste of a rock and roll voice in the history of music <laughs> which is something that I agree with um, he had yeah. you know he started off in on that kind of like rock side of things and then ended up singing you know do you think I'm sexy <laughs> um, <laughs> and I kind of I'm beginning to feel the same way about Demis 100%. I think the world nearly had a beautiful charismatic Greek prog rock god uh-huh. uh, but instead we got some cheese and some schmaltz. Mm. Yes, um, I'm so there with you. Which pleased a lot of people. Let's not, yeah, um, you know, discount true. that. Yeah. The lyrics on this album aren't much chop. Um, we can't blame Demis for this because he had a songwriter. Perhaps it was done so it could be very easily translated into a lot of different languages and make a lot of coin. Mm. But I think musically it's nicely done. It's a little same-samey throughout. So we didn't listen to the whole record here, but... It does get pretty repetitive. Um, and the backup singers that I found delightful at first quickly become very annoying. <laughs> <laughs> they kind of keep just like bursting in. Just like, oh, um, more of this shit. Every song, like uninvited. <laughs> just like, you know, just like coming down from the ceiling. <laughs> I like it when all the Greek instruments come in. And I can see how it would have bridged the gap between the more traditional Greek music and contemporary pop music for a lot of listeners who want to appreciate Greece, but from afar. <laughs> it's, <laughs> like I said before, it's the holiday at home record. It's if you want yeah. to feel like you're on the Grecian Isles, but you don't want to leave your living room. I think this record is a tale of two demises. The, the, yes, that the, is the pr- plural of demis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> de, de me? <laughs> um, Demi. <laughs> The whiffs that we get of the rock side of him are really good, but they they definitely lead, left me wanting to hear more of that mm. and a bit less of the cheesy cruise line, mm. schmaltzy, saccharine, syrupy stuff. What, what about you? What do you think, Kat? Oh, 100% agree. Like, I could go my entire life with hearing, like, what is it, forever and ever, like, Never and ever, like I don't really, <laughs> I don't really want to hear any of those kinds of songs again. But that last one we heard, "Lay It Down," ooh yeah, baby. Like I think that, uh, you know, in this sliding doors thing that we were mentioning before, like I wish we were in the reality of um, that rocky side being able to be explored more because I think Aphrodite's child yeah we would have gotten some good music if only those Dover customs agents weren't quite so strict (laughs) yeah um it's interesting like especially that first clip we heard of Abigail's party Mm. I think part of his success was probably that he challenged women's ideas of what they found hot Oh, for I think sure. his, his image yeah. is amazing and, like, he, he was known as a sex symbol. He he tells stories of in his um, touring days of um, women in the front row trying to lift up his caftan <laughs> to see if he had anything underneath. 
<laughs> he was 100% known as a sex symbol. Oh, far out. And checking um, out the goods. One advantage of the caftan? <laughs> or is it a disadvantage? Yeah. I Easy don't know. access. It's yeah, double-edged sword. <laughs> but there's something like... Yeah, about his image that feels very counterculture. It feels like he's sort of really giving the finger and uh, mm. like it feels like hedonistic or something. Yeah. Um, but he very much was um, a pretty conservative guy from all accounts. He was a man of God, deeply spiritual. Um, oh, I right. don't think he uh, entertained many groupies <laughs> on his no. tours. <laughs> Not from what I've heard. Look, I think, you know, like a big block of feta, we just have to embrace the Greek cheese. <laughs> and um, it's... <laughs> It is what it is. Made a lot of people very happy and uh, he made a lot of money. All right. Well, you know, with your 2022 sensibilities, do you think you'll hold on to this record? It's not something I can see myself listening to a lot of. Um, I kind of wish I had an Aphrodite's Child record. Mm. Do you wish you had a caftan? Yes. It has inspired me to... Get a caftan and a string of crocodile teeth bullets. <laughs> All right. Well, next time um, I'm at the op shop. Look. Yeah. Next time I'm at the op shop looking for records, I'll also keep an eye out for a caftan just for you. Yes. Okay, good. And when okay. we're older, we can go on that cre- uh, that cruise. <gasps> I'll go on the cruise and listen to it. <laughs> oh, that's a great idea. Let's do um, an old lady cruise. Yeah, definitely. You got yourself a deal. If it did float someone's boat, what do you think they should pay for this record? Oh, I don't know. A dollar's a fair price, I think. A dollar's all right. Okay. (laughs) One dollar and you can listen to this forever and ever. (laughs) All right. That's about all I have to say about that album. Um, Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks for coming back. If you're a returning listener, uh, we appreciate your patience in waiting for this episode. Thank you. And we hope it was worth the wait. Um, We would love to hear what you think about Demis Roussos. Uh, Perhaps you remember him. Perhaps this is your first encounter. Um, You can email us at $1vinyl at gmail.com. And you can find us on Instagram. That's probably the only social media we sort of engage in, to be honest. Um, Imagine and... if people have been tweeting at us the whole time and we've just, like, literally never checked. <laughs> like, Twitter's so boring to me. I just can't do it. I think I might delete it. Yeah. Um, if you would like to tell your friends about this, we would appreciate that a lot. And you can get this wherever you get podcasts. Next week, we're going to be uh, uncovering a record by a European disco queen, Amanda Leah. But until then, as Demis Roussos says, no matter what you do, don't talk about the weather. No, no one wants to hear that. No. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. (laughs)